Oh, yeah, that's a good question. You should just interview yourself. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. questions are far better. Yeah, they're far better than ours. <laughs> good question. Good question, Marta. Do they? <laughs> Cinema Science, a podcast in which we interview professors, professionals, and graduate students using pop culture references as a talking point. We'll discuss the science behind your favorite movies, games, and TV shows. Each episode will feature a new topic and guest who will answer questions from you guys, our wonderful listeners. I'm Heidi, and today I'm here with Anne. Hi there. Hey, what's up? How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. Sweet. (laughs) Well, we have a very special guest today, Marta Iverson. Hi. How's it going? Good. <laughs> thank you for joining us today. Yes, thank you. Um, so you are a graduate student, correct? Yep. I'm a graduate student at the University of Utah in the biomedical engineering department. And specifically, I, my emphasis is neural engineering. Sweet. Can you tell us a little bit about your research? Sure. So I work in Rick Rabbit's lab, and we study mostly the biophysics of the inner ear, Hmm. and specifically I study how we can sense high-frequency sounds in our auditory and vestibular systems and beyond. Very cool. So you're just the person to talk to us today (laughs) about the movie A Quiet Place. So what did you think of it? (laughs) Yeah, it was a fun movie. It was... um, intriguing from the trailer. I was Mm -hmm. excited Heidi um, suggested that we do it as a podcast topic. Yeah, it was pretty scary. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. It was pretty scary during it. (laughs) It was pretty scary. Yeah, let's do a little synopsis on it, um, if I remember correctly. It's been a while since we watched it. Um, So the movie takes place in in the near future, kind of a post-apocalyptic world, where... Aliens, monsters, they don't really tell us in the movie, but it sounds like there's some so they can fly their aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. they... Sorry, go ahead. No, I guess some of the background on the aliens is that's not really depicted in the movie is that they come from like a really volatile planet, so they're heavily armored and can't see, hmm. but they are really hmm. sensitive to sound. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so it's implied in the beginning of the movie that these monsters are hunting sounds, basically. And usually if you're a human making a sound, you're probably going to die at some point. <laughs> yeah, that's on the, like, scary movie poster. It was like, if they hear you, they hunt you. Oh. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and that's a picture of her covering her mouth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, Be quiet. Very spooky. Oh, Emily Blunt covering her mouth? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the movie starts with a family. John Krasinski with a very thick beard. Mm-hmm. This is not The Office, post John. Post Office. Yeah, John Post Krasinski. Office. He's got another job. Yes, he's had some experiences that have made him very stressed. <laughs> yeah. He grows a scraggly beard. And his lovely wife, Emily Blunt, who's amazing in everything she does. Yeah, and she's Mary Poppins. Oh my God, she is! She's oh, gonna be so good awesome. as Mary Poppins. Sorry, that was a tension. <laughs> <laughs> um, and their family, do they have three kids? Yes, the beginning of the movie, okay. they have three kids. <laughs> the first, like, 20 yeah. seconds, yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. Oh. Yeah, and it's just showing, like, how they live their life in this post apocalyptic world. 
it starts out with one of the children getting a toy that's noisy and um, unfortunately he plays with it outside and spoilers a monster gets it's not oh, really yeah, a spoiler it's like the first 15 minutes of the yeah. movie yeah <laughs> that's true yeah. yeah and so technically the older daughter feels guilt because the dad took the toy away from the kid but then she gives the toy back to him and yeah. the little kid sneaks batteries that he puts in the toy which allows it to make sound which smart kid i think if i were that kid's age i would not have realized like oh any batteries in my toy yeah. but that says a lot about me as <laughs> yeah, a person yeah that's what i feel like my parents actually took batteries out of my toys so they wouldn't be as annoying <laughs> so they wouldn't go insane. like i'd have yeah. those crazy like like you'd push a button and it'd play a song and yeah. i'm pretty sure the batteries always went mysteriously <laughs> yeah. missing <laughs> And so. just plays this 24 hours a day. I yeah. cannot handle this. My parents wish they had lived in this post-apocalyptic yeah. world. Peace and quiet was necessary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But this girl, she is deaf by birth, or is she? Yeah, so the, the older daughter who gives the kid the batteries, it doesn't ever say, but it's assumed that she is deaf from birth she has a cochlear implant okay which we just see in the movie and um it's kind of implied also that it's broken or maybe mm -hmm. out of batteries because the dad spends time throughout the movie trying to repair it yeah so then the rest of the movie is basically them like living their life after that tragedy trying to be as all the measures they take to be as quiet as possible and yeah avoid and these alien monster things yeah, it's, it kind of implies they're in this unique perspective to survive such a situation because mm -hmm. A, they already have a way to communicate silently because mm -hmm. they know um, American Sign Language because of their deaf daughter. Okay. And also they live in like this quiet, remote place where they're already self-sufficient. They have a farm and, mm -hmm. and kind of a lot of things that other people mm -hmm. would have you know, died more immediately in such a situation. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. So yeah. could you tell us as our our guest expert, just a little bit more about hearing in general, like how does, how do we hear? Sure, yeah, so sound creates vibrations and mechanical waves that are transmitted through our eardrums, through the bones of the middle ear, and then um, the vibrations enter the inner ear, and specifically the cochlea, which is a snail-shaped structure, mm. and there it vibrates these um, sensory cells called hair cells. Mm. And those cells convert these mechanical vibrational signals into electrical signals that are sent to our brain and heard a sound. Wow, sweet. That is very cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's actually pretty interesting how the cochlea is laid out. It makes it, cochlear implants the most um, successful neural engineering tool or neural oh, implant. Yeah. Cool. Wow. And that's because the cochlea is this kind of like frequency map where as you move along it, the frequencies sensed um, are very specific, so this like frequency map, mm -hmm. and that's what cochlear implant technology utilizes. Oh, that's really cool. <clears throat> so the girl in the movie, she's deaf. She has a cochlear implant. Can you tell us a little bit about what causes deafness? Sure. There's uh, multiple things, um, specifically disease, genetic defects, injury, and aging. And with young people, um, it's usually something more genetic or or disease um, or oftentimes a, um, administration of a ototoxic, which means um, toxic to the ear drugs. So mm. actually, that's how the actress in the movie is deaf. Oh, the oh. actual actress? Yeah. So the oh. actual actress oh, wow. 
is from hmm. Utah. Yes! <laughs> Go Utah. Utah. Represent! <laughs> from Bountiful. Oh, she did a good job in that movie, too. She was really good, yeah. yeah. So oh. she went deaf. She had um, one of the, some medication overdose when she was young. Oh, jeez. And, yeah. I know that my parents always told me not to wear, not to listen to music too loud. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is, it, is deafness something that you can develop? Yeah, so a old? quarter of people are deaf due to noise exposure. Oh, my wow. gosh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so... Parents were right then. (laughs) It's good to be aware of the levels of sound you're listening to, Mm -hmm. either at concerts, in your headphones, or daily things like saws if you encounter those things because they can contribute to hearing loss pretty dramatically. I know I'm always playing with my saw every day. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Just sleep with it next to you. (laughs) Just turn it on. on. That's the white noise I like to fall asleep at night. <laughs> Watch too much of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's why. Just calming for you. <laughs> Just now. calming. It's my favorite movie. <laughs> Are the reasons why listening to those loud sounds uh, problematic? Is because of what you're talking about the frequency map and the cochlea? Does yeah. it mess that up? So those cells, the hair cells that um, convert the sound waves to electrical signals, those die from loud sounds or drugs and they do not regenerate they cannot be repaired Mm -hmm. and so that's how we lose hearing as we age too these cells slowly die Mm -hmm. and they never regenerate wow so it's like really important to make sure they don't get hurt basically for sure (laughs) yeah too late for us oh no (laughs) so it sounds like we know a fair bit about the auditory system then Mm -hmm. how do we how do we find these things out how is the auditory system studied in the lab in lots of different ways Actually, the way we study the um, auditory and vestibular systems is with an animal model. We actually use um, fish. Mm. It's kind of like big, Mm. funny fish, but they have (laughs) really similar inner ears to us, and they're a great way to um, study the ear. Hmm. So how does human hearing compare to other creatures? Like you just mentioned fish, but also like there are those alien creatures in the yeah. movie. Presumably they can hear really well. Yeah. <laughs> so um, humans can hear in the frequency range of like 20 to 20,000 hertz. Okay. And that's really different across different animals. I guess cats can hear up to like 80,000 hertz. Oh. And that's specifically, I guess, for hunting rodents, which make these like ultrasonic sounds ah. so that's how they utilize their hmm. higher frequency just, range like, chittering and chattering like, yeah really which is frequency. things we can't even hear like mice and rats are doing yeah rats can laugh they're like I, yeah i've seen that video about them being ticklish or something yeah they're <laughs> yeah yeah their they're, laugh is at a really high frequency so yeah we can't we hear can't it. hear it but i guess a uh, cat could hear it. cat could hear that <laughs> laughing mouse <laughs> come after it yeah all those <laughs> Oh, it's having a happy moment. And Just giggling up. to itself, and then the cat shows up. It sees a funny meme, and then the cat shows up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and other animals like dolphins and bats can hear up to like 100,000 hertz, Whoa. and wow. that's utilized um, with like their echolocation tools, which is hmm. kind of similar to the monsters. And then there's also animals that can hear a lot lower sounds, like elephants can hear like 14 to 16 hertz, and hmm. whales even lower infrasonic sounds like 7 hertz. Whoa. So, things we definitely can't hear. Yeah, yeah for that sure. That's cool. The world would be so loud, though, if we could yeah. hear like the full spectrum. <laughs> that's true. It's you just hear too. little like mice laughing. Laughing at the corner. <laughs> like, I guess, yeah, yeah, with the whales, too, there's been a lot of like recent research into how the infrasounds are affecting 
all like aquatic animals because we don't really oh, understand yeah. it, but it, I guess it can be damaging. So. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Those> whale noises. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so the creatures in the movie, you mentioned echolocation, and you think that the creatures in the movie are using echolocation. Yeah. What? How similar is that to... Like what? I guess just what is echolocation? Yeah. Yeah. So echolocation is um, a tool that animals like bats and dolphins use where they emit a series of sounds and then they listen for um, how the sounds come back. Listen mm. to the quality and the timing of those sounds to determine hmm. um, locations and like sizes of objects. So if you mm. can imagine a bat flying around in the darkness, they're emitting these sounds mm-hmm. either of like constant frequencies or varying frequencies and then they're listening with their big ears kind of like yeah. the monsters had these ears yeah and um it was like their face unfolded and yeah. that became their ears oh was that their yeah. ear yeah i think so it was oh, mm-hmm. okay it's weird yeah. yeah they make sounds and then listen to hear them back so it's kind of implied in the movie that when the monsters open up their ears, they're emitting sounds maybe that we can and can't hear. That's yeah. kind of screechy in the movie. Yeah. And then um, hmm. are kind of opening up their armor to listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so in the movie, the girl with the cochlear implant, mm-hmm. like when those creatures create their nasty high-pitched sound, they get some sort of feedback. Yeah. And that was kind of a, plant. a point, an interesting point in the movie, right? So... I think it's important to note the differences between a cochlear implant and a hearing aid. Mm -hmm. A hearing aid amplifies sound and plays those sounds into the ear, so it's utilizing the um, ear that we already have. Mm -hmm. And a cochlear implant Mm -hmm. doesn't make sound at all. Instead, it bypasses those damaged hair cells Uh or the damaged um, cochlea, and there's two components of it. The first um, is a microphone that... Um, turns sounds into digital signals and Mm -hmm. then it transmits that through a coil into Mm. the implant and the implant is these electrodes that are pushed into the cochlea and then those sound signals are um, sent to the electrode and stimulate the frequency map of the cochlea oh wow yeah so it wouldn't emit any sound like you see in the movie Hmm. and I guess it's kind of assumed that the sound is something to do with the dad trying to fix her cochlear implant Mm -hmm. and you know, I think he signed something like it's, you know, these little stereo amplifiers he was trying to use. Yeah. So yeah. in some way that is emitting either some kind of feedback or sound that affects the aliens. Hmm. So it's almost like he created a combination cochlear implant and hearing aid. Yeah, yeah. he accidentally made this. Whoa. And it doesn't seem to work, so. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't work. Well, the girl's pretty disappointed when she puts it on. Yeah, it works for, you know, attacking killing these alien things yeah so. although they <laughs> so. find that out pretty late in the movie yeah <laughs> that would have been a nicer thing a little yeah. bit hour into the movie yeah <laughs> before yeah. that baby's born which maybe. also kind of oh, yeah. like is the first question you would have is as they're looking for like what is the weakness of the creature yeah like, maybe something really sensitive to sound could yeah. also be sensitive negatively to sound mm. so. yeah i would think so too yeah it's interesting how in this movie that like we were talking before, these aliens come to Earth. Earth is really loud. Yeah. It's a noisy place. It's a noisy be. place. There yeah. must be quieter planets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could just be that they landed in Montana. Yeah. That's uh, it. They got a biased first. Yeah. Even. And Montana's having like this terrible time with these monsters. <laughs> New yeah. York City's great. Yeah. It's just Because they got TVs yeah. and yeah. sounds. Exactly. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> okay, so one 
kind of thing I didn't really quite understand. In the movie, they go to this waterfall, and there's all this noise, and John Krasinski's like, we can talk now because the waterfall's really loud, mm-hmm. and I guess it's like protecting them, like the animal alien things can't mm-hmm. hear them. So could you just tell us a little bit? I know when I think of, like, if you're in, like, a big room and everyone's talking, sometimes mm-hmm. you can, like, zero in on conversations and just how that sort of works and just, like, the efferent system of, you know, attention of different sound signals and stuff. Yeah, great. That's actually one of the most interesting things I think there is to talk about with the ear because what we've mostly been talking about so far is the afferent system, which is our nerves sending signals to the brain. But one of the most important things that allows us to hear is the efferent system, which is how signals from our brain controlling what we hear. So like you said, exactly in the cases of, they call it selective attention. So like Mm -hmm. I'm in a noisy room, my brain can pull out exactly what one of you is saying Mm -hmm. and amplify that in Hmm. a way that is really cool. And Mm -hmm. it also um, can use different signals to like improve signal to noise ratio and protect against different noises by like changing the sensitivity of those hair cells. So why is it that the monsters couldn't just selectively listen to John Krasinski and his son screaming in that waterfall? I think it's implied that they, you know, the sound is just more drowned out at Mm. the waterfall Mm -hmm. and maybe if they could like see them or um, had some other cues about Uh the frequencies of their voice, Mm-hmm. they could use their brains to like pull out those sounds like Stupid we do. Stupid aliens. <laughs> use your brains. <laughs> As also, we're just talking about how these aliens attack sounds, but there's something in the movie where it implies they don't actually like eat the people or anything. Like it's not for food. Yeah. I think it's just that they really hate sounds and they're trying to just eliminate them all. Jerks. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's just weird. I don't yeah. know. I mean, monsters got to eat too, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's like really wasteful if anything. Yeah. <laughs> also, why aren't they just standing by the waterfall and attacking the waterfall the entire time? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe um, like they did, and then they realized, they realized this is a stimuli I need to ignore. Yeah, or like they like have the same thing room. we can do, right? Yeah, we can yeah. Ignore white noise, yeah, and brown huh. noise, and different yeah. kinds of. So the way the movie ends, spoilers again, <laughs> is the girl discovers that her cochlear implant, because probably because of the stereos that her dad put in her implant, creates some sort of feedback when the monsters do their echolocation thing. Um, Would it really be possible for them to be able to create an output that would also disturb the monsters like they did? I mean, I think it seems feasible, right? Mm. Um, It doesn't seem necessarily that frequency specific, although um, in the cases of like dolphins, people do think that, you know, they make specific frequencies to echolocate. So Mm -hmm. those frequencies could also, you know, potentially you know, hurt them or they could be more sensitive to them. Yeah. But it doesn't seem that specific with these monsters, right? Like the sounds coming for her her cochlear implant and then the feedback she generates from the microphone and speakers alike both um, affect the monster. So, So, sorry, this is for my own personal (laughs) knowledge. So that cochlear implant creates a feedback that she can hear and the monster can hear, but why can't her parents and family hear it if she's being able to hear it and... Yeah, so that would be one thing maybe they, that's an interesting question, right? So maybe the implication is not that she, you know, it's a high enough frequency that the monster can hear it. So that makes sense. Uh And maybe instead it's just 
causing her cochlear implant to, you know, stimulate her cochlea really high in and the hard, wrong, right? Okay, or in the yeah. wrong spot or yeah. something. So, hmm. you know, she's more se- sensing it than, oh, you know, the more traditional hearing it. It's causing this kind of like okay. error in her jerry-rigged cochlear implant. Yeah. That's, yeah. So don't, you know, maybe if she had just had a properly working yeah. cochlear implant. <laughs> it would have never happened. Yeah. 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 Which is hard in a post-apocalyptic world. Yeah. I guess you're limited in your resources <laughs> at that point of what you can make. To <laughs> the lesson is don't make cochlear implants in your basement yeah <laughs> yeah although it's sad that she only sees after her father's death that he's been I like know. trying to trying all this stuff to help her and help the family yeah yeah i mean they like knew asl and stuff they could have communicated a little better yeah, yeah. <laughs> i am making you cochlear implants in yeah. asl <laughs> i don't I blame you for yeah. like, your brother's death krasinski has this really like dad savior father complex but you know one of the things i read was like the little kid has to be the one to be like dad <laughs> you should probably tell sister <laughs> yeah. that you don't blame her for our, yeah. our brother's death like yeah, yeah. Exactly. He doesn't have like the that kind of awareness to tell that to his daughter. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> exactly. So we have we always love to go on to Yahoo questions mm-hmm. and just see what everyone's wondering about. But <laughs> so we found some questions that had to do with like hearing, and so I was just wondering if we could ask you a couple of those. Sure. Cool. So the first one is. I just went into the kitchen tonight to grab a midnight snack and suddenly felt strange pangs of paranoia. Mm. Uh, Spooky. (laughs) I'd hear a noise here, there, until I realized I wasn't being paranoid. I could hear the smallest sounds I'd never noticed before magnified. Frightening. (laughs) I don't understand why my sense of hearing would be randomly heightened like that. What are the cases for heightened sense of hearing? Why might this have happened to me? Mm, interesting. Mm, superpowers. I mean, the first thing Could I think of in, in that situation is kind of what we discussed. Like, fear is causing this, like, adrenaline hormonal response, you know, her paranoia that is heightening her, mm. you know, putting her efferent system into overdrive, yeah. maybe heightening her sense of hearing. Yeah. Hmm. And this kind of makes sense, you know, when you're really afraid, you mm-hmm. your senses are more acute. Yeah. To protect yourself. Yeah, yeah. That definitely makes sense. I think you also start creating sounds too, right? Oh, yeah. like you imagine you hear things. Well, I do, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so here's another Yahoo question, because I also like to peruse Yahoo here and there. So at what point is a person considered deaf? I am hard of hearing myself, but many people who are deaf consider me to be deaf. I found that many hard of hearing people identify themselves as deaf. So at what point am I technically deaf? Um, I think I looked it up and, you know, they have like a classification that if you're not able to discriminate speech anymore, you're Mm -hmm. categorized as deaf. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure there's, I don't really know. So it's not like there's complete silence all the time necessarily. Yeah. 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 You can either be like more Hmm. hard of hearing or hearing loss. Okay. And I don't know. I guess it's kind of like being legally blind to like. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That makes sense. Yeah. No, that's fine. Like, I think what you said about distinguishing conversation, that makes sense. Yes, completely. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you think about what we use hearing for. We don't use hearing for echolocation and hunting. We use it for communication. (laughs) Is that how you find all your food? That's how I get around. Yeah, the lab. (laughs) Just turn off your chainsaw in the morning, (laughs) turn on your echolocation. (laughs) 
Actually, it's kind of interesting along that line. You wouldn't think um, aging people or older people were deaf, but actually mm-hmm. more and more they're given cochlear implants oh. to help them you know, kind of get this electrical stimulation that will help them to discriminate speech for longer oh, as their, as more and more of their hair cells die. So that's okay. cool. So you don't have to be completely lost, like have complete hearing loss to get a cochlear implant. Yeah. It can still be helpful, huh? Yeah. So what happened if you gave a healthy person a cochlear implant? Would that enhance anything? So the way the cochlear implant surgery works is there's like this electrode that has either 12 to 22 contacts Mm-hmm. on it and it's inserted into that snail-like cochlea so it's kind of yeah. like coiled one and a half turns in the cochlea oh, which is crazy. not the full length of the cochlea but it's actually pretty damaging so if you do okay. have any um, alive hair cells still it kills a lot of them it okay. damages other like hmm. nerves and people are doing a lot of research to kind of mitigate that damage mm-hmm. you know one of our um, collaborators is looking at um, how hypothermia like cooling down the ear could um, improve a cochlear implant surgery. And so it wouldn't be good for a a healthy person to have Mm -hmm. a cochlear implant. So if it's not the whole turn of the cochlea, does that mean that it functions differently? Like is cochlear implant hearing different than what we hear every day with our normal cochlea? Yeah, good question. It It is really different. So like I mentioned before, we can hear 20 to 20,000 um, hertz, and that's a lot of frequencies, a large frequency range. And the cochlear implants have 12 to 22 electrodes, which means they can stimulate, you know, along that frequency map. And it's not inserted all the way. So I think they say the lowest um, frequency people can hear is around 900 hertz, when we can hear down to like 20. Mm-hmm. So that alone takes away a lot of um, mm-hmm. different pitches, but also. Um, with just those small amount of electrodes, they really can't stimulate with that much resolution. So okay. yeah, many people sense. with cochlear implants mm-hmm. have really different outcomes, and people think that could be due to surgery and different mm-hmm. insertion techniques, but mm-hmm. um, you know, they definitely don't enjoy music, which mm-hmm. has a lot of different frequencies, and yeah. many people don't learn to discriminate speech with a cochlear implant, although most of the time with... Um, significant training you can learn to discriminate speech well okay Mm. that's really interesting um so the girl in the movie um can't remember how old she is but she's like not quite a teenager i think so she's relatively young does that mean her cochlea is going to continue growing growing and she might need like like her cochlea might not work the same when she was a kid versus when she's an adult do like kids if they have a cochlear implant do they have to have that modified as they get older I don't think so I think kids who get cochlear implants have better outcomes because they learn at such a a younger age their brain really Hmm. can really change the way it perceives the sounds straight from the cochlear implant Mm -hmm. and um, can really learn to hear sounds better okay although like we mentioned she would have to have a lot of battery replacements for the sound processor we just had one final Yahoo question that I was thought was particularly interesting. So this person says, why does tinnitus happen? How do I fix it? And how the hell do I pronounce it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I thought I'm, it was tinnitus. Oh, no. I have no idea. I think people say it both ways really? okay. at hearing conferences I've been to. So <laughs> you're not well, alone. If the professionals don't even know how to say <laughs> yeah. it. There's also a big divide between cochlea and cochlea. Really? (laughs) The whole field's just at arms with each other. I didn't realize. Those two bug me. (laughs) Tinnitus or tinnitus? I think I I think 
It's uh, the one I looked up said tinnitus. So <laughs> tinnitus is actually a symptom and not like a condition. Hmm. It's um, the sensation of like ringing in your ears and it can come from different things. Um, exposure to noise. It can be a peripheral or a central mechanism, meaning that it could be like damage to your inner ear or it could be something coming from your brain hmm. that, you know, is somehow messing with the signals that you hear since it has so many varying causes and presentations it's pretty hard to study yeah Hmm. we have some questions here from our listeners um on twitter um the first question is in the movie it seems that a baby would have to be raised in nearly complete silence when we forgot to mention this in our um, summary that um oh yeah yeah emily blunt when she is it emily blunt what's her name yeah emily blunt (laughs) Um, she has to give birth to her baby in silence. In silence, yeah. And of course, Ugh. like the monsters are in the house when she's giving birth, because of course it can't be easy. Yeah. Did they not realize she was busy? Yeah. I'm, come time. on, rude. <laughs> um, and they've created like this soundproof nursery for it, and this like was it like a cage kind for of. it? Yeah, yeah. A nursery is a really nice name for a yeah. box <laughs> yeah, that they just like licked newspaper and put it on the wall. Yeah. So they have this like cage for the baby with an oxygen mask yeah exactly which don't start any fires down there which they have candles everywhere like and then there's a flood yeah it's a whole (laughs) mess but okay so going back to jake's question um so he's asking it seems that a baby would have to be raised in nearly complete silence how would this affect the development of the baby's auditory system Hmm. yeah that's interesting they've done studies on raising animals in like complete darkness and you actually cannot see if then you, mm. you know you're raised in darkness you're mm. blind and you cannot learn to see even mm-hmm. if you're put into light so hmm. i think it would be similar if you were raised in complete um silence mm. you could, would be deaf and you would not be able to learn how to hear however i don't think that that like soundproof nursery is complete silence that's true yeah i think that there would be enough sound that your hearing would be intact right and you would probably be a lot more sensitive to the sounds that they do hear. Like how people who like are surrounded by in the forest can see more colors of green or like Mm. just the stimuli that you are either see or hear a lot, you become more sensitive to. So I bet there would be some interesting different things about their frequency, about their hearing. Like maybe, you know, they could hear quieter sounds better or... Oh, it could know, be more like more frequencies in their life. You've seen Daredevil, you know, he's... Oh, does he have super hearing? Yeah, so he's blind, but he has super hearing. Yeah. Oh, well, that's so, what... Oh. Yeah, hmm. so he can fight everyone, because he can hear, like, their arm is moving in this direction, so if I dodge this way, I can punch him in this location, and it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, actually, that reminds me of... I listened to this podcast about this guy who was blind mm-hmm. and he was such a daredevil like he just wanted to ride a bike and what? and his mom was like really afraid about it but he learned to echolocate actually what so oh, he yeah. walked seen, through seen yeah. videos of this. Not yeah seen so this. he makes little clicks and <gasps> it took him like a long time to learn he broke a lot of like bones i think <laughs> oh and fell God. down a lot not an easy learning and it process. was also hard it sounded like he had a really hard time in school like he wanted yeah. to be a normal kid and make his clicks all the time so he could get around and teachers tried to stifle that really yeah because they were like you know it's disruptive it's weird Mm. oh my gosh so now i guess he's kind of like an advocate for teaching yeah that's people the same because he can he really can you know walk through cities and stuff that normal blind people that Hmm. is amazing 
So there is another question on Twitter that was kind of like the opposite of the first yeah. question. So the first question was, what would happen if a baby was raised in complete silence? And then the other question from at Mitch underscore M9 was wondering, what if a baby is raised in a really noisy environment? So would that affect the development in some way? Yeah, actually, I know um, even just like babies in the womb can be really sensitive to loud sounds, especially because hmm. loud sounds cause stress to the mother. Okay. And that really negatively affects um babies so Mm -hmm. even probably Emily Blunt was pretty stressed out I bet that would negatively affect her baby yeah and I know there's some pretty significant effects on like even kids whose parents yell a lot even Mm. if it's not necessarily like angry yelling Mm -hmm. you know it causes stress in kids Hmm. and so I'm sure there would be a multitude of like stress you know a noisy environment would cause kids stress and also probably damage their hearing yeah so those hair cells you were talking about are probably getting like damaged early on Mm -hmm. that's a shame in this movie uh so they do american sign language is are they doing it properly in the movie do we know yeah actually i did look that up too they say um that the um deaf utah girl Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) represent she helped um so krasinski was really big on hiring an actual deaf person for the role oh nice yeah and so she um was chosen and actually helped both Krasinski and Emily Blunt like along with like a a interpreter helper to learn the sign language they did to her in the movie oh sweet yeah that's fantastic yeah so um more when I was reading that like different people from the deaf community had like different reactions I think to the movie yeah so um I think most people said like it's really cool to see a mainstream movie depict deafness and especially mm-hmm. like correct American Sign Language mm-hmm. with like a deaf actress. So that was definitely positive. But they definitely did have some critiques too, which okay. I think is interesting. Yeah, hmm. what kind of critiques? Yeah, so the first thing was that there really is kind of this trope of like her tragic deafness, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it is positive that like the family was able to survive because, you know, they know American Sign Language. Mm-hmm. But um, they do kind of portray it as like, you know, she's kind of helpless without her technology, her cochlear implant, and she's kind of like left out of things like the fishing trip because she's deaf and she's like a hazard if she goes. So um, I think definitely people didn't like that kind of like negative um, Mm. um, equating deafness with um, like tragedy. Yeah, so the movie does also depict the concept of deaf gain, meaning that society and deaf people benefit from um, deafness and ASL, like Mm. they um, were more likely to survive and could communicate with ASL. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I know movies have issues with depicting disabilities because like you were saying they always depict it as like something that's very negative and I know that in the deaf community being deaf is not necessarily seen as a negative thing like obviously people can live very productive and healthy lives yeah are there is there any pushback from the deaf community for like um cochlear implants yeah and I read that actually with the um deaf actress she became deaf as an infant from a, a medication overdose and um her parents kind of struggled with with this um, about learning American Sign Language and also getting, um, giving her a cochlear implant because a lot of doctors push for, like, get the cochlear implant. Like, mm-hmm. they need to learn to speak. If they learn ASL, they'll be more lazy with, like, learning to speak, which, like we said, is so important to practice that mm-hmm. um, with young people so they can learn to discriminate speech and mm-hmm. other sounds. 
So, you know, in her case, it sounded like she did have this struggle in her family where her mom learned to sign and Mm -hmm. um, her dad kind of pushed back on that. And that can be really, you know, isolating, as one Mm -hmm. would expect for deaf people if they can't even communicate with everyone in their family. Mm -hmm. So That's true, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I guess it's cool in the movie that the whole family is really, um, you know, yeah, good, fluent in sign and yeah, can yeah. communicate yeah. well. Hmm, Although one um, uh, article I read or blog from a girl said like, it's great to see American Light Sign Language, but they were so slow. She's like, this uh, looks like an oh, ASL really? 101 class. <laughs> yeah, <funny>. she's <laughs> like, it's painfully slow. I was wondering that like if it was like deaf people would like enjoy watching mm. the movie more because they'd be able to like understand the signing yeah. or if maybe I didn't even think of it was they yeah. were signing so slowly that it yeah. was actually worse or something and it sounds like they did another really like ableist thing that they forgot to even think about because so when we watch the movie the ASL parts are captioned right that's mm-hmm. true and I guess they failed to caption the rest of the movie oh, oh that's so not good. the spoken parts deaf people couldn't hear or couldn't yeah, yeah. you know yeah understand and so a lot of people online you know expressed Mm, struggling with that because they were like it was almost there something I could really relate to but they yeah think about us watching the movie yeah well speaking of the movie I guess we had one sort of final question if you were in the movie living this post-apocalyptic world what would you do to survive because I know I've seen online a lot of people just like rage commenting about like plot holes and you know if I was in this world this is how I would survive it's so simple or whatever but how would you yeah (laughs) like okay you don't have some aliens chasing after you (laughs) like it's easy enough to say that but if you were in this world what would you do to oh I don't know there's so many frustrating parts where you're like why isn't the whole house soundproof? Yeah, like, that's true. Why don't they drown out what they're doing with other loud sounds? Yeah. So yeah, I why don't know. Yeah. I'll tell you what I won't do. I hmm. won't go to, what is granaries or something? Oh, like, yeah. Because <laughs> that was terrifying watching yeah, them, like... that was terrifying. Basically in a quicksand of, was it corn? I don't yeah. even remember what the green it was. Corn. was. It seemed like... Yeah. yeah, that was another, like, science question we had, right, yeah. Heidi, when we watched the movie was... Is that real? Yeah, can you actually just like sink in a giant pile of corn? And Anne had a story. Yeah, I think it's, well, maybe this is like a, you know when someone something happens when you're a kid and like you don't remember it super well? <laughs> yeah. My uncle claims when he was a kid that he went into a grain silo and sunk essentially because he was very <gasps> small. And he only, I think he said he got out by actually like, climbing down to the bottom or something but again this is like something that happened to him like over 50 (laughs) years ago and so maybe he was fighting off aliens probably like who knows how like reliable the story is but he said that he like nearly suffocated because of it no I, i definitely think it does happen i think I saw some stat that was like 26 people died that way in 2010. What? 2010? That's what are these, something. What so. are these people doing in their silos? <laughs> Why are you climbing? But then I also that? read a bunch of farmers be like, you don't sink in corn. Like it has to be actively <laughs> spilling out of the silo for you to be sinking. Like you can walk on corn just fine. So. I love the idea of like know. an army of farmers going online to yeah, be like, like, this is a misrepresentation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a farmer. This is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> 
Huh. There's yes, only one so. way to find out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no. Well-designed experiment. Yeah, yeah. Let's Mythbusters that grain side. Yeah. <laughs> you guys go first. <laughs> I'll be outside. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't play in one, though. No. Yeah. I guess they weren't there playing. They no. were they fell, they right? Because the monster came? Yeah, they yeah. were like running. And well, it's like the fell. silo fell apart. Like their safe spot to meet their dad yeah, true. was this silo was that scary. was falling apart and then it just caved in on them and then yeah. they landed in it. Ugh. And then somehow the monster doesn't sink in the quicksand. Aliens. Yeah. <laughs> it's the answer to everything. <laughs> they have a different density. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> true. <laughs> Yeah, that part was weird. Mm. No, one interesting um, how somebody online said they would have survived is like go to a big stadium and attract all the monsters with like the big stadium sounds and then like bomb them or chemically get them all into one spot. Yeah, get them into like with like a somewhat loud trap place like a stadium. Yeah, that's true because you like. I don't know how long those aliens have been around, but you know the government's like putting all their money into researching how to like yeah. destroy those things. Well, that's what, yeah. When another guy online was like, "These people online, yeah, they know everything." Know. <laughs> well, they're like, "Well, if a gun can kill the alien, why would, didn't this that's movie true. last ten seconds? Like, this yeah. is America." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess that was one thing they said about the background with the aliens is that. They were like really heavily armored. They couldn't yeah. be damaged by so bombs until their little opened. ears opened. Okay, yeah. that until makes their sense. entire face unfolds. Yeah, yeah their entire face. That guy on the internet did not appreciate the subtleties of their anatomy. Yeah, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think Heidi. What would you do if you were in that? What would I do? I, you know what? I would go to Disney World because that place is really loud. Mm. You just turn yeah. everything on. There's no way you'd be the loudest it's a thing. Small world. Yeah, <laughs> just in a small world. You know they're gonna stay away from that. I would rather be eaten. <laughs> stay in a small, small world, world for over the rest and of your life. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound great. No, I no. mean no, it really doesn't. But Disney World, you're right. If they're only going towards the most salient sound yeah. there's no way you're going to be the loudest thing at disney world yeah <laughs> all those children screaming <laughs> yeah although maybe they somehow can pick out like sounds that would come from a speaker mm-hmm. over you know like maybe. a music track they could somehow sense was not yeah maybe i don't know maybe mm-hmm. they'd still destroy it though because that's their mo right they hate just sounds de- why would you destroy the like land of happiness <laughs> <laughs> yeah just a terrible song it's already it's destroyed that's <laughs> true oh darn see that's this is why i'm gonna die in a post-apocalyptic world yeah yeah to be honest in reality <laughs> i'm just not made out for yes. There's Same. no pizza there. No, exactly. I'm out. I can, like barely go to the grocery store. <laughs> yeah, right. They're like growing their own corn. corn. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Stuff. Yeah. Only yeah. eating like soft foods. Yeah. Did you see that? Oh, so that's there's no right. like sound or they're oh, playing Monopoly. Oh come on. <laughs> With like oh. one of these little soft pieces. Yeah. But also that's the most unrealistic part of that movie. Like Who that plays? is gonna start a fight. Like you guys are gonna yell oh, at each yeah. other. Yeah. Oh yeah. But if my life's so desperate that I'm playing Monopoly, <laughs> it's no, not a good situation. Go outside and do some yelling. <laughs> yeah. <exactly>. End it. <laughs> it's not a good place for me to be anyway. <laughs> and what would you do? Well, I thought, like, when they were talking about the waterfall, like, mm. how you could, like, yell by it. So, yeah, I was thinking, at first I was like, well, why don't they just live by the waterfall? Yeah. But then they have to, like, relocate, and they already built that little baby box. Horrible <laughs> <laughs> baby, oh, baby prison. Yeah, that was not... Anyways. But I was thinking, like, yeah, just maybe playing, like, loud music, but, like, 
not in the house, but just like outside, like in the barn or something, so that there's sound covering the speaking, but it's not like where you are. So just yeah, like yeah. an all day rave, basically. You yeah, you just play bass nectar all yeah, day. Yeah, I would just blast <laughs> <the> bass nectar <laughs> and then just have a great old time. <laughs> so. Fantastic. Uh, well, thank you, Marta, for joining us today. Yes, thank, you. thank you. If you'd like to learn more about our guest's research or the topics that were covered in today's episode, check out our website at cinemasciencepodcast.com. You can find us collectively on Twitter at CinemaSciCast, and you can find Heidi at PandaBumHop. Anne doesn't have a Twitter, but her dog Hubble sure does. You can find him at Hubble Gibson. Our intro and outro music was composed by Kagan Breitenbach. You can find more information about him at our website, but also check out his personal website at kaganbreitenbach.com. The first season of Cinema Science was graciously funded by the University of Utah's Neuroscience Initiative. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Bye.